Hey, welcome back to Worship and Warfare. I'm your host, Jacob Barnett, and if you've been following along, we have been examining what it means to live a life of worship and to live a life of warfare and how we, we wage war, we wage worship from the vantage of victory. We wage war, we, we do battle with and through the Lord, through Christ's blood and his victory. And so if you were here for the last episode, Made for War, we, we talked about that at a, at length, about living a life of, of warfare and worship from victory because of Jesus. And so piggybacking off of last week, we're going to look at, at equipping ourselves for battle. Last week we focused on God equipping us, training us, and empowering us for battle. But where do we fit? in the process because we're alive we're active and we're not just just robots really that that god uses or he just flippantly empowers to to do these things but we have a place in this process and in these battles and often it's just resting much of the time probably 90 percent or more of the time i would argue is just getting out of the way is praying, it's fasting, and it's not actually actively seeking to fight because we're called to be peacemakers. I mean, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. But instead, what does it look like to just rest and be empowered for that, by that? I mean, really, if God is fighting for us, then we don't we don't even have to lift a finger. We don't even have to have to get up off of the the bed that we're resting in the proverbial bed that we're resting in but like many of us i'm sure have have realized if you've been alive for more than probably five years that doesn't mean we won't be attacked it doesn't mean that we're not going to have bad days or bad months or even a bad year for that matter it just means that we're going to make it through it means that that we still have the victory even though what we're going through might might actually be suffering, real suffering for some people. It, it just means that we're going to make it through because Jesus made it through. I mean, a, a key truth to remember is that our residence, our citizenship, it's not here on earth anymore. It's in heaven. We're now citizens and ambassadors of heaven. And so we, we almost have a dual citizenship where we live here, but we're actually a citizen of heaven and, and and we have to balance that well. And so when it comes to equipping ourselves, making the choices to, to guard our hearts, to, to guard our eyes or our ears, the, the places of our body that, that take the information in, they're the inlets to our soul, and guarding what, what comes into our hearts so that whatever comes out is holy, it's true, it's good, it's just, it's righteous. Those choices are what we're talking about today. So, of course, if you've been to hardly any VBS series as a kid, you, you would probably recognize the armor of God. And, and it, it's been gone over a ton, um, not by me, but it, if you are in the church, if you're actively part of a church, you're probably familiar with it. But we're going to skim it really quickly here because it, it's pretty important to equipping ourselves. And so in Ephesians 6... The, the whole section is 6, 10 through 20, but we're going to narrow in on verses 13 through 17. So Ephesians 6, 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can distinguish, extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So all of these things are, are items, the, the helmet, the breastplate, the belt, the shoes, the sword, and the shield. All of these things, is, there's, there's an active verb in place where we have to choose to take up the whole armor of God. We have to stand, therefore, fastened, having fastened on the belt of truth. So we have to put on the belt of truth. We have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. We have to put on the shoes of, of peace. And in all circumstances, so always take up the shield of faith. So guarding your heart with the truth that you are loved and that you are a citizen of heaven after your conversion with, with Jesus. Take the helmet of salvation, put it on your head. Remind yourself that you are safe, that, that it doesn't matter if you doubt or worry, your salvation is secure in the Lord. Surrounding your, your mind with that truth and the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the Bible, Jesus himself living inside of you, that is the sword. And so take, take these things up, put them on. I mean, I can't remember who said, but but I'm going to say it's Bill Johnson said basically to put on Jesus and he'll take care of the rest. And I, I mean, it's so it's so simple, but it's so hard sometimes to remember we're so weak. We're so weak when it comes to fighting. And God is he's, he's just so strong. He's the strongest of the strongest. And put on put on Jesus. So of course that that's a pretty topical understanding of equipping yourself for battle. But I think there's another another way we can we can effectively equip ourselves to do battle. And it, it comes from, of course, modeling after Jesus. But it comes through submission. Now Jesus came came to earth and submitted himself to the Father. He was under the Father's guidance and, and leading in all things that he did on earth. He was empowered and, and anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's that's why he's the the Christ, the Christos, Christos. That's why. Because he submitted. He came to earth and, and really condescended to our level so that he can he can show us the way. He can become the way to heaven. And so he submitted. And so in, in Hebrews thirteen, verse seven uh, whoever the writer of Hebrews is, we don't actually really know. It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. And then a little, little later in verse 17, it says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So the, this idea of equipping yourself through submission, it's going to your leaders, it's going to the, the pastors or the other leaders in your life and submitting yourself and saying, I trust you, I love you to guard my heart well 
and because hopefully they're they're also living a, a holy righteous life before the Lord they can guard your heart as well. They can lead you on the path of righteousness just like they are. And it says to consider the outcome. Are they somebody full of peace? Are they somebody that might have a few battle wounds or battle scars from from their own life, but are they living a life of victory? And hopefully they are, especially if they're uh, in a healthy state, if they have a healthy, holistic personhood. You can learn a lot from them. You can learn a lot from somebody that has gone through a lot of what you've gone through and glean so much of the goodness and the victory that they've got, that they've received through the, through the work of God. And so I know it's, it's, it's almost counterintuitive to equip ourselves by submitting, to, to take up our sword and then lay it back down like Jesus had the, the disciples do before he was crucified. But sometimes in in the kingdom, things don't really make sense, but they still work. And so the the idea is to to take up your own life and submit it before Jesus. I mean, that's that's really Christianity, giving Jesus your life, and to submit to your to your local leaders or or any leader above you that that is guiding you, that it's leading you, that is in, influencing you for Jesus, hopefully. And to weigh their life. Is that the kind of person that you want to be? Well, they keep on following them. If they're caught up in slander or a scandal, or if you just recognize an unhealthiness about them, well, then maybe it's time to find a new leader. Maybe it's find time to, to bless them and say, listen, I love you. Thank you for everything that you've taught me, you've given me, you've blessed me with, and it's time to move on to, to a, a different influencer, a different person that's going to help guard my heart can help convict me and correct me in a way that I'm going to grow from. And this this all ties into worship and and warfare because we're so much more ready, we're so much more able to to fight well when we have people around us that are teaching us well. When we have people around us in our lives that are equipping us and training us well, not just for warfare but but for life in general. The people that are worshiping well will teach worship well. The people that are that are fighting well will teach others how to fight well, and all of this is through experience. All of this is through through submitting their own lives to Jesus and and finding the the ways that they connect and they they listen to God. Hopefully, they have their their own ways of doing that. But when it comes to us, having those leaders, having those people in our life is paramount to effective and good worship and warfare. Now, I know it's, it, again, it's a little counterintuitive, but I, I really do believe there's a lot of truth in that. And I'm, I'm still learning it. I'm still having to, to kind of flesh out, okay, who is in my life that is going through the same thing or they have gone through the same thing? And how can I, how can I go to them? How can I explain my own heart or situation to them and open it up for them to, to speak love and life into it? I'm not quite sure exactly what it looks like. I know with some people it's easy. Like my, my spiritual father, I've had to go before him and repent just on a, on a variety of things. Repent for anger against my, my son. Repent about just not honoring him in the place of fatherhood in my life. Um, there's plenty of things that, that it was easy to do with him that it hasn't been easy to do with other people. And a lot of this comes through relationship and 
and recognizing that they are for me, that they do love me, that they are giving me a, a portion of what they have. And it's it takes a while. And so I don't think any of this is going to happen soon, especially if this is a new idea for you. But I do want to encourage you, and hopefully you are encouraged right now, to at least take a step forward or maybe even a step back and, and examine the leaders in your life. You know, are they the ones that spoke the word of God to you? Is the outcome of their life good? Can, is it something that you want to imitate in their faith? Are, are they keeping a good watch over your soul? I mean, they will have to account for that. They're going to have to explain someday, well, why didn't you steward so-and-so well? Well, they'll have to give the answer for that. But with us, take a moment. Write them down if you have to. Weigh the pros and cons. Uh, I think I think there's a lot to be said about uh, internet uh, worship services, Facebook Lives or, or YouTube worship services where maybe you don't know the person specifically, but for whatever reason, the way they're preaching or the way they're teaching really captures your heart. You understand what they're saying or, or maybe you, you've learned a lot from them. There's a lot of good in that. But nothing really replaces the local church. Nothing really replaces the, the local body that is there right when you need them. And so hopefully if you are in a local body, you can examine these things. If you're not in a local body, please get, get connected somewhere. There's plenty of churches that would love you. There's plenty of churches that would steward you well, that would take your heart and cherish it. And there, There's plenty of them. So that being said, equipping yourself, making choices to put on the arm of God, to surround yourself with truth and righteousness and holiness and all the, all the good things that Jesus has for us, making the choices to, to intentionally pick the people that you want to influence you, to pick your leaders well, because you have a, you have a role in that, you have a place in that. And I would argue a responsibility to pick the leaders in your life well, the ones that are guiding you, stewarding you, keeping watch over you. You can choose them as well. Do it with praying. Do it with fasting. Do it with a, a sober mind. Do it with, with the Word, measuring them against the Bible itself. Are they somebody that, that seems to really understand and respect and honor, honor the Scriptures? Is it somebody that that really values prayer? Is it somebody that really values worship and not just singing and, and whatnot, but really giving God the glory in all accounts? Pray for them. I fast over them if you need to, but measure them well. Now, I know, again, this is a little counterintuitive. It's still a pretty fresh thought for me, but I wanted to get, get it out there. Again, I'm your host, Jacob Barnett, and we just just glanced over equipping ourselves for battle and making the choices to, to put on the armor of God, to put on Christ, and to choose the leaders around us well.